thank you, thank y'all so much. Uh, gosh, I got to give myself some room. Okay, thank you, thank you so much. And wow, uh, Adam getting to share that was a that's a big deal. Uh, it's a big deal, and uh, it's really real. I was there with him, and and uh, you know God's good. God's good, isn't he? Huh? Has God been good to you? Amen. Listen, before I get started, uh, I just want to also take this time to thank Pastor uh, Kent and Miss Bale uh, for giving me an opportunity to share before God's people. It's a great honor to be able to share here at Ward Alive. It's, it, it really is. And uh, I just want to thank them for what, what they do and what they've done to, to, to advance the kingdom. So can we just give it up for Pastor Kent and Miss Bale? I don't know anybody that I know that loves Jesus more. I don't. And y'all know that. It's been right here a long time. Uh, and the other thing I want to say before I get started, what about last week's word by Papa Dan? Come on now. <clears throat> huh? Corporate intercession prayer. You know, I think that was, it was so on time because we're relaying a foundation here. What I thought was, was awesome, I got fired up because he, he got talked about doing something that shakes foundations and we're relaying the foundation. Huh? Think about that. That's, that's, that's what this house is about. We're called to a house of prayer. And uh, it, really, it really encouraged me last week. I talked to uh, many people that said, you know, I've got brought back to center, and we're going to uh, do what I know I'm called to do is be an interse- uh, intercessor. Inter- say it. Intercession, yes. And, uh, and to go to the Lord in prayer for what we need to be doing in this next season we're, we're going into. But today... Uh, the Lord gave me something about two weeks ago when uh, Pastor Ken asked me. He said, uh, I, w- I would like for you to share. I'm, I'm going to be out of town. And I said, yes, sir. And so I just waited on the Lord, and I asked. And I, then I called Pastor Ken, <laughs> and I said, is there anything you want me to share on? And he says, no, just whatever the Lord, you know, wants you to share on, okay? And a lot of times he'll say that, then he'll give me something like something to share on, right? Well, this time he didn't. And I'm like, okay, all right. And so I just got with the Lord, and I heard the Lord uh, say, Scott, I want you to share on the anointing. Now, I've I, I got to lay some groundwork because I'm going to talk about the anointing, okay? There's three things I get fired up about preaching about. I love to preach on the love of Jesus, and I love to preach on the, the blood of the Lamb, and I love to preach on the power of God, okay? Amen? So, so getting ready for this, I thought, okay, Lord, I've, I've, I've studied about the anointing, and, and I'm going to teach on the anointing but as I was started to do this the Lord kind of went this way then he went left and I saw some things I've never seen before in the Bible personally me I'm sure a lot of y'all have but this really got to me because I think it's so I think it's a word for now I think it's a now word for where we're going and where we're at as an apostolic center y'all do realize we're not a church right we're an apostolic center and I know there's a lot of people here that's new that come in and out of here, and that's what apostolic center, that's what we do. We're like a battleship. You come in, you get recharged, you go back out, right? That's what we do. We're not a cruise ship, by the way. I said we're not a cruise ship. I said you come in and go back out. Why? Why? Why do we do that? To advance the kingdom with power. Okay? Is anybody with me? Okay, so... Y'all bear with me because we're going to go somewhere. Touch your neighbor and say we're going somewhere. Okay. All right. 
Go talk about the anointing. Mm. See, when I grew up, I knew nothing about the anointing. The circle I grew up in and, and the denomination I, I grew up in, I di they didn't talk about the anointing. I didn't know anything about the anointing until I started coming around here. And people started using the word anointed. He's anointed, she's anointed. Oh, my gosh, the anointing was so strong. And I'm going, okay, what is the anointing? So I started studying it for myself. I wanted to know what it meant. Now, to be, an to be anointed or to anoint something actually is, is the he Hebrew word uh, 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 starts with an R. Come on, help me out. Give me a hint. R come on, where's the yinglings at? Come on. Rock, rock. Ruach. Yeah, yeah, I get it backwards every time, okay? Okay? I was trying to test you, okay? <laughs> what, it means, what it means in English is to be rubbed on or to be smeared, okay? To be rubbed on or be smeared is to anoint. That's what the shepherds used to do when they had sheep in the ancient days. They would actually take a sheep and they anoint the head of the sheep so insects wouldn't get in the ear to kill the sheep. I might need to say that again. Right? Does that sound familiar? <clears throat> right? So, so, here's, so I start, I said, wow, that's awesome. And then all of a sudden I said, okay, what, what does anointing mean? And so I started, I started reading the Bible and I would see Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I thought it was Jesus' last name. I really did. Is anybody in this place besides me? And be honest, this is Sunday. Come on. Come on, higher than that. Yeah, that's, that make, you make me feel good today, right? I thought when it said Jesus Christ, it was, it was his last name, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I didn't know any better. I really didn't, right? Till I found out the word Christ means anointed one, and his anointed. So when they saw him coming, they said, here comes Jesus, the anointed one from Nazareth. When they saw him coming... The world would say, here comes Jesus, the anointed one. Okay? So I thought, God, that's amazing. That's awesome. Right? So then it gets to this, this question. So people call us Christians, right? Right? So somebody asked me when I was studying, they said, well, what does Christian mean? Well, I was taught it means Christ-like. That's what I was taught all my life, to be Christ-like. And that's part truth. But see, I believe it's watered down. I said, I believe it's watered down. Because you see, what it means is, Christians means little anointed ones or anointed ones. That's what it means. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm anointed. By the Holy Ghost. You see, you got to get, get a hold of this. I'm just laying some foundation because we're going somewhere today. Now listen to me. It was, it was in Acts 11.26 uh, it says it was in Antioch that we were called the first time Christians. And that's what they called us. See, we, we, were, we were part of the way, or we were called followers of Jesus. Then all of a sudden, people started, these believers, these followers started going to the temple. As they was walking to the temple, they, they, they would lay the lame out, the sick out, and all of a sudden, their shadow would touch the people, and they'd be healed by the power of God. That's what would happen. These anointed ones. All of a sudden, they'd go places, and somebody, somebody would need a devil cast out. Go get one of those anointed ones. Go get one of those Christians. 
So they started calling us anointed ones. But over the years, it's got watered down. I can give you my opinion, but I might just do that. Because, mm. see, here's the deal. Because I believe people are embarrassed of the Holy Ghost. I said people are embarrassed of the Holy Ghost. I'm not embarrassed of the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful I got the Holy Ghost. Come on now. See, Jesus said something powerful. He, te- he tells his disciples, he said, listen. He said, I'm going to be with you just for a little while. But in a little while, I'm going to leave. But don't worry, I'm not going to leave you orphan. I said, I'm going to send you the helper. I'm going to send you the promise. His name's the Holy Ghost. Listen to me. In my Bible, in Acts 1-8, you know what it says? It says when the Holy Ghost came, they, they were endued with power. But over the years, well, that was then. Let me tell you something. If anybody needs the power of God now, it's us. I said, it's us. I said, it's us, anointed ones. I get fired up talking about the Holy Ghost now. I wouldn't want to be here without the Holy Ghost. What did David say in the Old Testament? Whatever you do, Lord, don't take your spirit from me. So what what does the anointing do? Huh? Isaiah 10, 27 says, the anointing breaks yokes and takes away its burdens. Yoke destroying. Burden lifting. <laughs> Power of God. Acts 10, 38 says that Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit and he went out doing good. If Jesus needed the anointing, do you not think we need the anointing? Jesus was son of man filled with the Holy Ghost. Don't miss this. Listen to me. He came here son of man, but he left son of God. Come on now. But, but we want to reduce it down to where we need to be meek and kind and gentle. That's part of the Holy Spirit, right? That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? But he has power. I said he has power. So he's called the mighty Holy Ghost. Mm, God. Man, I'll tell you right now, i got to move. I, I can stay in this. So, so what happens? Talking about the anointing. Why is it important for you to know that you're anointed? I'm going to share it with you because I really, I know, we're, I know right now it's probably one of the most critical times right now where we're at. In our nation, in our county, in our city, in, 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 in this apostolic center. Now, here's the thing. If you don't leave, if you don't, if you just get one thing I said here today, I want you to get one thing that you're anointed with the Holy Spirit. First John, John 2.20 says you have the anointed one. Okay. 1 John 2, 27 says, the anointing is in you. Touch your belly and say, the anointing's in me. Everything you've got to advance the kingdom is in you. We keep waiting on the Lord to do something, and it's already in you. Come on now. So, so... So, so I started studying this, and I'm like, Lord, yes, I love this. I was fired up. I was on vacation, and I was on the beach, and I told Lord, I said, man, I'm fired up. God. Every day, and she'd look at me and go, okay. <laughs> you know, that's big from her. Okay. Right? She's like this. Right? I love my wife. She's awesome. She's awesome. You know, be married to me. I'm a handful, by the way. I don't know if you realize that or not. Okay? But she keeps me like this because I need this. Right? 
So as I was studying this, all of a sudden the Lord showed me something that I'd never seen before. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I said, well, when Jesus, when Jesus was anointed, what was he anointed for? And all of a sudden, I opened the Bible up to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. I don't know if we got it on the screen, but if we do, oh, go, go to Isaiah 61.1. Sorry. Sorry. I've got it right here. Uh, I'm going to read this to you, okay? If you've got your Bibles, phones, whatever, I'm going to read this, and then we're going to go to another scripture, all right? Isaiah 61, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And I'm going to stop right there, okay? Now, this is the scripture we use in deliverance. This is the scripture. Because it talks about the spirit of heaviness. That's depression, okay? And so, while I'm looking for the other scripture, if you're having trouble with depression, and you're struggling with it, you get spirit of heaviness on you, this is your scripture to go to. You know what it says right here? I wasn't going to go here, but I'm going to go here. You know what it says? You know what it says right here? It says that, that, that you've been given a tool for the spirit of heaviness. It's called a garment of praise. You see what happened while ago? I said, what happened while ago? We got our praise on. Some people came in here depressed. They're going to leave with joy because they got the garment of praise on. They got their praise on. Come on now. I tell you what, you get a little bit of heaviness on you, you start praising Jesus. Come on now. It'll leave you just like that. Start talking about praising his name. Let me tell you about his name. I got saved by his name. I got delivered by his name. I said his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Come on, somebody. Get your praise on. I said he's good. I said he's good all the time. Come on. Man. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Man. Mmm. I was getting ready for this, and a friend of mine called me last night, and he said, I read this. I've read this a thousand times. And he, and he calls me and said, I'm praying for you. He's here, and he's one of my best friends. And he said, he said what you preaching on? And I said, Isaiah 61, Luke 4, 18. He got quiet, and I said, what is it? He said, I ain't believing you said that. I said, why? That's what he says to me. He said, that's my life scripture. Four years ago today. Today, he was released from federal prison in Arkansas. He had 77 years. He had 77 years. But God. I said, but God. But God. But God. 77 years. He's out today and he's here today. Where you at, Chris? Right there. There he is right there. The little guy right there. He's, he's, listen to me. Listen to me. You keep standing, because guess what? He's out. He got out for a reason. He is now baptized in the Holy Ghost, casting out demons, setting other people free. Mm. See, that's who God uses. He uses people that have been bound up. When they get set free, they'll go set somebody else free. 
Mm. Glory. Okay, you can sit down. Mm. Woo, man. All right. So now we've got to go to Luke 4.18. Man, I lie. God, he's good. I said he's good. Oh, he's good. Mm. So I got to looking and I said, okay. I see what Isaiah said about Jesus was anointed. And all of a sudden, I go to see what Jesus said. Luke 4.18. Jesus said something. And I never, I never put it together. It's just me. Jesus said something like this. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and, recover, and, and recovery of the sight to the blind. Circle that one. I said, circle that one. And to set a liberty at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The acceptable year of the Lord was the year of Jubilee. That's when every debt was canceled. Okay. Is that not big? What if, what, just, what if every debt here was canceled? Would, would you praise him? Would you shout to him? Huh? Listen, that's the way they live. In 50 years, every, 50 years everything's, right? Even people that were bound up. Right? Okay, now. So when I read this, I said, wow. I said, Lord, you came to preach the good, the good news to the poor. So if you're poor and you ain't poor no more, that's good news. I said, that's good news. See, see a lot of times we over-spiritualize the Bible. And he said, he, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. I just want you to be honest with me today. Has anybody here ever been brokenhearted? I guarantee there's not a hand in here that's not raised. Everybody's had a broken heart. But Jesus came for your broken heart. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Mm. There's people right now, I I know right now that's lost loved ones. The Lord loves you. He's with you. I said he's with you. He cares about your heart. It wouldn't be in here if he didn't. He came to heal broken hearts. Okay. So, and he, and he proclaimed liberty to the captives. Right, Chris? There's a big guy standing the other day about two weeks ago right back here. He'd been in prison for 10 years, right? Got out. Is that you right here? Big guy, you're right there. He's got a call on his life, by the way. There's no doubt about it. Come on, come on. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And it says to proclaim the, the, the acceptable year of the Lord. So when I read this, I said, well, Jesus came for us. Is anybody here today can relate to anything I just mentioned? Right? And I, I read that and I thought, Lord, if you anointed Jesus to set people free, and we're called little Christians, little anointed ones, isn't that what our business should be about? It should not be our business. Because, see, it sounds like it's the Father's business. See, Jesus said something like this. Whatever you see me do, I've seen the Father do. I'm in the Father. The Father's in me. See, Jesus was always about the Father's business. And it sounds like this was the Father's business. Now, reading all this, here's what happened. I said, Lord, this is amazing. I said, I, I, mean, I, I, I mean, wow. So we're anointed for a purpose 
and a destiny and a reason, right? Right? Is everybody with me that you're anointed? Okay? All right. So as I'm, I'm reading this, and I don't know if they can pull this up or not. If they can, it'll be great. It'll be Isaiah 61.4. Uh, I, I, I never saw this. I, saw, I, I told Papa Dan this. Uh, Isaiah 61.4. If, if they can't, I'm going to read it to you. Okay? If you got your phones, I'm going back to Isaiah 61. We're going to read 4. Right above it, I read this. All this happens for us to be set free. Jesus was anointed to set us free and to send his spirit to live in us, the Holy Spirit, to endue us with power, to endue us with power, and to be our helper, to be our counselor, to be our friend. Okay? This is what it says. That they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that, that he may be glorified. Who's that? The Father. Now, here we go. And they shall rebuild old ruins. And they shall raise up the former desolations. And they shall repair the ruined cities. The desolations of many generations. Now, listen to me. Don't miss this. This is apostolic. I never read this, never saw this, that we, the anointed ones that have been set free, were actually called to rebuild cities. You get it? Just a minute. The anointed ones, okay, anointed by the Holy Spirit, were called and set free to rebuild old ruins and cities. Get a little quiet in here. Huh? Can I tell you this? Right now as we speak, as we speak, there's mayors from cities that's coming here. And they say, how can you help me with my city? Here's what they, here's what they told them, Pastor Kenton, the other day. I want to know your God. Why? Come on now. Come on. Listen. Listen to me. We've been, we've been called to, to help set other people free by the anointing. By the way, the anointing is, is not for you. It's for you to help other people. Just don't miss that one. But here's the deal. What happens is we, we don't look at cities as important. But there's two times in the Bible that Jesus wept. One was over his old friend Lazarus. He wept. The other was over the city of Jerusalem. He wept. Why did he weep over cities? It's because he knows what's in cities. There's his children and sons and daughters of God that are in cities that are bound up, that need, that need help by other people that are not bound up. Is that good? Did you get that? Here's the thing. But we ignore that because we don't think we can even help any, any, one individual, much less a city. But see, my Bible says this. Greater's he that's in me that's in the world. Hold on. Greater's he that's in me that's in the world. Called the cities. God. Think about this. This is not a pipe dream. Ed Savasso was here a month or so ago, and, and that's what he's called to. And it happens. Trans, transformation of cities. 
Pastor Kent was called about going in the city of Aniston, right, the other day, right? Then they're, they're going to build houses, right? So listen, can I just say something? Let's just make sure that we're on the same page here. I'm not about projects. I'm about anointed people in projects is what I'm about. Full of the Holy Ghost. Listen, we got to get a hold of this. Where we're going, we've been doing this thing long enough. We've got to start affecting cities and regions and states and nations. Nations. Okay. All right. Get back on track. All right. So, when I read that, I got so fired up. I, I, I told Lori, I said, Lori, I've never, ever seen this. And I've read the scripture. I don't know how many times. We're called to cities. Jesus cares about cities. We should care about cities. We should care about so many things going on right around us. So, I keep, I keep studying it, and I went to Papa Dan about this. Uh, you know, Papa Dan's a resident theologian. Y'all, y'all do realize this. If you talk to Papa Dan on the phone, take a pad with you, because he'll drop a nugget on you. Now, he will. He don't mean to, but he will. So, so the other day, I went with him. I, I said, I need to talk to you about something. And so the Lord had me go to, I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to shift gears on you, though, okay? Just get ready. Touch your neighbor and say, shifting gears. So in, so in Exodus, the Lord sent me to Exodus. I said, Exodus? Okay. So I go there, and it's Exodus 3530. And this is what it says. It says, And Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezelda, the son of Uriah, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God. In wisdom and understanding and in knowledge and all manner of workmanship. Mmm. First time that I can find that somebody was filled with the Spirit of God in the Old Testament. Hmm. The Lord God anointed them to help build the temple. He gave He gave them wisdom and knowledge. That sounds practical to me. See, what we've done over the years, we have, actually, we have actually negated the Holy Ghost. We've put him in a spiritual box and think if it's not the gifts of the Spirit and we're not, and we're not operating in the gifts of the Spirit and, and, and doing all the spiritual things, it's not God. That's just part of God. But see, right here it shows me that he is, he is, is more, he's more concerned or as concerned something practical in the natural than he is the spiritual. See, they've never been supposed to be separated. It's time for us to take the spiritual aspects of God with the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost and put it with something practical in the natural realm. God. See, here's the deal. The anointing is a supernatural power of God. It's his super on your natural. But see, a lot of times what happens is we may bring it, the spiritual into the natural, but we don't let the natural sometimes overrode the spiritual. God. Jesus said something great. It blew me away. I'm reading this, and I'm like, give me an example. The Lord says, okay. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I needed clothes, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you come to see me. Mm. Didn't pray for him. 
Well, I love you with the love of the Lord. No. You didn't see none of that, right? They did something practical. But here's the deal. I said, Lord, wow. Is it that simple? He said, absolutely, it's that simple. But there was another group of people that never saw them. You read it, read it for yourself. It's the, it's, it's the sheep and the goats. They asked him, he said, Jesus, when, when, did you, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty? When did we see you needing clothes? When did we see you in prison? He says, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. See, here's the thing. And, and Papa Dan helped me with this right here so much. He said, they were filled with the Spirit of God to build his temple. And by the way, you do know you're the temple now of the Holy Ghost. Okay? But Papa Dan says something. He says, well, you do know what knowledge is. <laughs> and I said, no, sir, I, I don't. He says, knowledge is knowing what to do right in front of you. I said, wow. And then he asked, well, you do know what wisdom is. And I said, no, sir, I, I don't. Wisdom is how to do it. Don't miss that. Come on now. See, that's the Holy Ghost that lives in you. Power and wisdom. You've got everything in you need to change the world. To change the world. I said to change the world. See, I've never been around nobody in my whole life that ever spent time with Jesus. And I'm not talking about going to church. And I'm not talking about reading your Bible every day and doing a checklist. I'm talking about spending time with Jesus. I'm talking about like, just, just like Mary and Martha, right? 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 Just like Mary. She said, I spent time at his feet. I've never been around anybody like that that didn't want to change the world around them. You can't help it. You cannot help it. I'm talking about the feet of Jesus and saying, you know what? I want what you want. So here's the, here's the deal. I'm trying to land this. Are we good? Oh, we're good. Papa Dan said yes. Okay. Another hour. <laughs> okay. So here's the deal. You're anointed. You're anointed to help set people free. You're anointed to cast out devils. You're anointed to lay hands on the sick. My Bible says in uh, Mark 16, 15, it says that, that we don't follow signs. Signs follow us. See, it's been watered down. They should be everybody on your job. Not, don't go in there saying, hey, I'm a Christian. You know how they'll know that you're a Christian? By loving them. See, see, prayer evangelism, what we're about to get into, we're to bless, not blast. Spend time with them. Get to know them. I guarantee you, they got a problem, they'll come to you. They'll say, I need some help. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that people ran towards Jesus and now people are running away from the church? God, shut up, God. God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. See, it's, 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 the, it's our time. We've got to shift our thinking. If we're going to go into a new wineskin, we've got to have a new mindskin. We've got to. And this is part of it. You've got to... If we got, say it again. 
Say it again. If, if we're going into a new wineskin, we got to have a new mindskin. And it starts how you see yourself. That you're his beloved. And that you're anointed with the power of the Holy Ghost. Here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing. I know I, I had addiction. I got delivered by the power of the Holy Ghost. I know how real he is. I never knew him. I never knew him. But I started getting to know him. See, he, here's, the, here's the whole thing. We've got to start taking the, 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 the sacred into the secular. See, man, I wasn't going here, but I got to go here. Here's, here's the, here, don't miss this. Don't miss this. We've got to be able to start taking the, the sacred into the secular. Let me tell you what, it, it never was supposed to be uh, uh, separated. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to put Jesus on that Sunday shelf. But what about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Come on now. Listen. Listen, I, I'm absolutely on fire about this. And listen, I'm just being honest with you. But because I, I see it happen right now in the marketplace. God. Here's the thing. Gosh. Jesus' 12 disciples never were picked out of the temple. They were picked out of the marketplace. They were picked out just like you and you and you and you. They were fishermen. They were tax collectors. They were doctors. But he anointed them with his power and his spirit, called the Holy Spirit, to help change the world that we live in. But now we want to go and just put it between four walls and, ne and, never, and never allow the anointed ones to leave the building. Mm, 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 mm. So you say, well, how do we get there? I'm glad you asked. There's a scripture, Luke 4, 18. I just read it. Jesus changed the wording of Isaiah 61 somewhat. I think it's probably make it more understandable, but I think this is the key. And you say, Scott, how do we take the practical, the spiritual, in, into the natural to make it practical? This is the key. This is the key. And I believe this all my heart because it happened to me. This happened to me. It's all through the Bible. There's a part here in Luke 4.18. It says this. Jesus says, and I came to recover and recover all of sight to the blind. And we take that literal. And Jesus did heal blind people from birth. That was one of the signs that know that he, he would be the Messiah. Okay? But see, but, but all through the Gospels, what did he say? Give them eyes to see and ears to hear. Sound like they were blind. <laughs> Come on now. So Jesus says something. He changes it. It's, okay, he changes the wording of it. He says, I came to restore sight to the blind. He's talking about us. I said he's talking about us. See, when you read about the sheep and the goats, they never saw him. They were blind. They were blind. Go read all through the scriptures. You can go read, go all through the scriptures. Paul, 
Apostle Paul. He was Saul. He met Jesus on the road, right? Road to Damascus, right? What happened to him? It said there was something like scales that was on his eyes. This excites me as much as anything. And it says that he was blinded for three days. Now, he was killing Christians. Y'all do realize this, right? All right. So what happened was the Lord spoke to a certain disciple, and that's what it says in Acts. You can read it. I can give you the scripture on it. <clears throat> but it's in Acts. It's in, I think it's Acts 10. Um, anyhow. <clears throat> Hold on. I got to roll down here somewhere if you want to go reference it. But Acts, and it says this. This is beautiful. He speaks to this certain disciple named Ananias. And he says, I need you to go lay hands on this guy named Saul. <laughs> and, and Ananias says, he says, you know what he says to him? He says, really? He said, he's killing people like me. You're going to send me? And he said, yeah, I'm going to send you. So he stepped out in faith. Let me just pause here a minute. I thought about this. What if the Lord sent you to one person? A certain disciple. Not the preacher. Not the deacon. Not the elder. I said a certain disciple. And, and just to one person. And you went and laid hands on them and their scales fell off. And they wrote a third of the Bible. Or what if you went and laid hands on somebody and all of a sudden that you don't know that the Lord sent you. Because you're anointed to lay hands on for scales to fall off. Just like Ananias was. What if it was a Ron Hardmonkey? What if it was a Billy Graham? What if it was a Kent Maddox? God. He had one thing to do. What if that's all he ever did? He was faithful. So I was reading this today and I said, Lord, why did you send him? Why did you send a guy like Ananias, just a certain disciple? Now I'm always asking why. Right? And it's okay to ask the Lord why. Right? How are we going to learn? So I said this, and the Lord said, because he could see. Go read it. That's what it says. He said he had a vision. He said Paul even had a vision of him coming. <laughs> he said, but Ananias had a vision. See, here's the, here's the deal. If you need to see, the Lord's going to send you somebody to lay hands on you to help you see, if you want to see. I believe that. I believe that all my heart. We probably have one of the greatest seers that I've ever, I'll probably, I'll ever know. <clears throat> my friend, Dr. Patio, God, she could see. She'd pick you up in the parking lot. I'm, I'm telling you, she'd pick you up in the parking lot. If you wanted to see, you'd say, Doc, I need to lay hands on me. She moved in the power of God, but she also moved with wisdom and knowledge. Amen. The most practical person I've ever been around but the most spiritual person. Baptized in the Holy Ghost. With power. So, Ananias was sent. Lay hands on Saul. What happened? It says the scales fell off his eyes. He was blinded. Now he could see. Right? Right? Another scripture in Luke 24, 29, it says Jesus, after he'd been raised from the dead, came back, and he said that he was eating. They said, this, this is beautiful. It said that he broke bread at the table with his disciples, and it says, all of a sudden, their eyes opened and they could see before they went into ministry. And all of a sudden, it said he vanished. 
That's a word for somebody. I really believe the day the Lord's going to open your eyes up because you fix a step into what you call to do. Okay? So you say, well, Scott, how does this work? Well, the only thing I can tell you about my own experience really quick, I'm going I'm to tell you something. I, I'm a salesman by trade, and I drive a lot, about 800 miles a week to 1,000. I see customers. <clears throat> I sell food. And I was at Waterlife Gadsden, and all of a sudden, as, as we were at this place at Waterlife Gadsden, there was a lot of great things happening. And there was this guy that could see angels. I see angels, but I want, I want, he could see a lot of angels. And he's seen them all the time. I knew he was telling the truth. I mean, I just know. And so all of a sudden, I just started wrestling with the Lord. I said, Lord, I want to see angels like this guy. And all of a sudden, I didn't hear anything back from the Lord. I said, Lord, I really want to see angels. Because I knew I could see Nothing. So I started when I was running. I was jogging and running. I'll never forget this. It was on a Tuesday. And I asked the Lord again. I said, Lord, I want to see angels. And just like that, I heard the Lord. He says, Scott, I'd rather you see hurting people in front of you than an angel. God, it wrecked me. I stopped running. I just started bawling. I just started walking. I said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. I'll never ask to see an angel again. But I want to see what you see. I want to see through your eyes, Jesus. This really happened to me. Now, the Lord's gracious, and he's allowed me to see many things in the realm of the Spirit. The next day, I was on my job, and I started working. First stop I went to, I walk in the back of the kitchen, and all of a sudden, this girl turns around, and she's broken. And I seen it, and I said, can I, can I talk to you a minute? Are you okay? She said, no, I'm not okay. My husband just left me. Got three kids. I got to sit down and minister to her, get, get my order. Went to the next stop. On the restaurant comes, and I look at him, and I can see his countenance. And I said, what's wrong with you? He says, my dad's not going to make it through the day. He said, will you pray with me? I said, yeah, come here. So we held hands and prayed. Next stop I went to, show up, same thing. Seven stops in a row. Seven stops in a row. After the seventh person, I got in my car, and I cranked my car up, and I laid over the steering wheel, and I started bawling. I said, God, I said, I don't get it. Seven stops in a row, Lord. I said, I don't get this. I said, where did these people come from? And the Lord said, they've been there the whole time. He said, you asked me to open your eyes, I just opened your eyes. He said, they've been here the whole time, and I've been on that route now 34 years. I've been there every day, caught up in me, caught up in making money, trying to beat the clock, caught up in me. And now, by the grace of God, I didn't ask for this, but now I get to help pastor some of these people in the marketplace. That's Jesus. That's Jesus, not me. You with me? So I'll give you another example, and we're going we're gonna to close. There's, there's a couple in our church. I'm not going to mention my name, so they'll kill me. And I dearly love them with all my heart. I love them. They got, heart, they got a heart big as this church. She's a counselor at a school. And uh, so one day she was out in the hall, and they were giving snacks away. Does anybody ever give money to your kids to get snacks? You know, besides lunch money, there's snacks and breaks. Come on, right? Right? Okay. So she's a counselor, so she walks outside of her office in the hall, and all of a sudden, it's break time. 
and, and they're just handing out snacks and kids buying snacks and it's all good, right? And just like that, her eyes open. She looks around and there's about 60 kids that don't have a bag of chips, they don't have an ice cream, they don't have anything. Broke her heart. Come back, told her husband, said, listen, I can't take it no more. There's 50, 60 kids that don't get snacks. He said, okay, we'll do it. So every month, they bought snacks for these kids. Every day. Every day. For, just, hey, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. God will provide whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. If the Lord showed you, he'll help you. Amen. Check this out. So, all of a sudden, another counselor heart gets broke. And then there's another school. And then there's another school. So then when Roger, we got hooked up with Roger and him, it's helped a lot over in Atlanta. Now there's a school in Etowah County that says we need help. Because one person's eyes opened. One, these kids have been there. Listen, there's, there's, a, there's hundreds of teachers. But her eyes opened by the supernatural power of God and she took, the, she took the spiritual and made it practical. She didn't say, come let me pray with you. That'd be nice, but they needed a snack. They needed something. The tangible love of Jesus. It's got to be brought into the natural by anointed ones, just like you. Just like you. Man. about people here that I know that do because their eyes opened. They go to prisons. They feed the poor. Buy the socks for the homeless every winter. Anointed ones. That's what, that's, that's what, we're, that's what we're called to do. The true love of God gives true love of God gives not asking anything in return so today I want to do something that I really felt led by the Lord and I really prayed into this because I'm looking at a lot of people here today and I know a lot of you you're anointed you're anointed for business the Lord has anointed you to make money to advance the kingdom the Lord has sent you into the marketplace to be pastors, to be evangelists, to be teachers. I mean, Kay's sitting here on the front row. She, right, human resources, 300 Walmart employees that she pastors, 300 anointed for business, okay? But the first thing that's got to happen, her eyes have got to open, okay? So I want everybody to stand. Before I do this, I really feel like this is an impartation that I'm fixing to do. Okay, I'm just going to say it. Before I do that, I want to share something with you. I just got to get it. I just got to get out of my spirit. You know, the Lord, the Lord is not looking for people to trust the world. He's looking for a people that He can trust the world with. 
That's what he's looking for. And see, I believe it's you. I believe it's the people online all, all over the world. I really believe that. We've got a lot of hurting people out there. Got hurting cities. Got families right next to you that are hurting. Maybe you're hurting. Maybe the person next to you, eyes are open, they can see it. Because we're going to pray. I'm going to pray right now. And I want you to do something for me. I don't want you to close your eyes. I want, to leave, I want you to leave your eyes open. Because from now on, I want you to start living life with your eyes open. Okay? Is that good? Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to pray for you right now. <clears throat> Keep your eyes open. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And Father, I ask you right now to open eyes right now and open ears for understanding. Father, I ask you to open everybody's eyes right now in this place and this online that they will see themselves as you see them, as anointed ones, as yielded vessels. And right now, Father, I ask you to open their eyes to see what you see, that you see. And Father, I pray right now for just a for the Holy Spirit to give them the wisdom and the knowledge to know how to navigate what needs to be done right in front of them from this day forward. Father, right now, I say open eyes in the name of Jesus. Open eyes in the name of Jesus. And every, every one of God's people says, Amen. Amen. Well, listen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What I'd love for you to do is just send some testimonies to Jeremy or email because the Lord's opened some eyes. I know that. He's opened your eyes. Okay? There's, there'll be time for ministry up front if somebody needs praying. The, the prayer room's open. Dream interpretation table and the prophecy table's open. So y'all have a blessed day and I love you. Okay? Thank God.